Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Don Lebatard. No matter what the size of your lawn is or how you like to maintain it, Arthur's Electric Service at 8910 Brook Road in Glen Allen has the Toro Mower to match it. Arthur's knows how to treat you right with a full selection of Toro mowers, knowledgeable personnel, competitive prices, excellent service, and financing available to qualified buyers. Arthur's and Toro, a tradition that has gone on for generations. Drop by Arthur's and see Toro's new mowers firsthand. Call them at 264-2513. That's 264-2513. Or go to arthurselectric.com. Welcome to the following presentation from Richmond Sports Properties. And thanks for listening to Spider Athletics on 99.5 FM and 950 AM ESPN. Your exclusive radio home for Richmond Spiders football. It's lunchtime at Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue, 8205 West Broad Street. And it's time for Spider Talk with Richmond football coach Russ Huseman. Today's show is brought to you by the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, Lux Chevrolet, Food Lion, and Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Spider Talk is on the air. Join in online by text at 804-638-9508. By email, spidertalk at richmond.edu or on Twitter using at Spider Voice, at ESPN Richmond or at Spider Football. Undercuffler's going to be sacked back at the five-yard line. It's Maurice Jackson who led the CAA in quarterback sacks a season ago. He picks that one up there. There's our defensive player, preseason defensive player of the year, playing like a player of the year. Snap good, hold is good. The kick is tumbling towards the uprights, and it is good. The true freshman Jake Larson drills it from 50 yards away. He's now 7 for 7 on field goals, and he's put the first points of this afternoon's game on the board. Now let's go live to Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, with Coach Huseman. This is Spider Talk on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network. Couple of highlights from the Spiders' 23-20 victory over Albany Saturday on Family Weekend at Robin Stadium. We use that as an intro to this afternoon's Spider Talk with head coach Russ Huseman live from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue, the West End location at the corner of West Broad Street and Old Parham Road. Welcome into the restaurant. Welcome onto the air. We appreciate you being a part of the show today. Bob Black, along with Spider head coach Russ Huseman, our special player guests coming up in just a little bit. Yes, it was a defensive-dominated game for the Spiders Saturday. So defense is on display today at Spider Talk. Linebacker Tristan Wheeler, who had a game-high 11 uh, tackles in the game, including a couple for loss and a quarterback sack. And then Brandon Feimster, the Spiders' starting defensive back, who was in on three tackles, also had a pass breakup, came oh so close to an interception on that breakup as well. They'll both join us during the course of the program. So let's get it started, as we always do, by welcoming Coach Russ Huseman into our conversation. Coach, good afternoon. Congrats on the victory Saturday. I pulled a Mitchell right off the start, yeah, didn't I? Yeah, you don't want to hear me, right, today? <laughs> well, we uh, need to crank you up a little more today because right. we need to save your voice for the sideline on Saturday now. Yeah, it, it was a great win. Um, we beat a good football team. Albany had been playing really well, beat William Mary the week before, and uh, <clears throat> we knew it would be a tough game. And uh, But I think the guys were so excited about winning that one. We needed one. On the defensive side, let's start there, Russ. We heard the highlight of the Maurice Jackson play. Uh, 11 tackles for loss, seven quarterback sacks for the defense. How did that come about Saturday against, as you said, a good offensive football team? Only JMU and Villanova have scored more points this year than Albany. Yeah, I think our defensive line got uh, focused and re-energized and knew they had to play better. The, uh, you know, the, there's it's a great group, good players, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a huge part of how well we're going to play on defense. And I think they realized that they needed to up the game, up their ante here, and, and, and uh, we did some things to help us pass rush lanes, uh, you know, in the Fordham game. You know, there were some, you know, our pass – pass rush lanes weren't great and he escaped and threw the ball and and got some critical third downs uh actually one touchdown in there 
so we knew we had to shore that up. Uh, Brandon Lacey, our defensive line coach, did a really nice job with them this week and, and kind of put the pressure on that we think those guys can do. How much did it set the tone? And I know there's a lot of football to be played after the opening sequence, but to have quarterback sacks on the very first two play from scrimmage really seemed to set the tone, at least for the Spider defense. Yeah, the first play they ran a little naked play, and, and Dressler read it really well and, and kind of held up the guy that they wanted to throw it to and then came off of that and got a, got a hand on the leg, and then Maurice uh, cleaned it up there. You know, Tyler didn't get credit for a half sack there, but uh, I'm not in charge of that, so I'm sure Tyler will say something to him. But, you know, Tyler made a really nice play. Mo came back inside out. And then the second one, uh, we were blitzing on that one, and and uh, Tristan Wheeler just came clean, and, uh, you know, he, he got him on the ground pretty pretty quickly can't wait to talk to him about that and his performance in the game I mean he just continues to really be impressive I don't want to jump the gun a little bit because we'll have him on here in a few minutes but just the way he is playing Russ as a, as a true freshman has been phenomenal yeah he's a excellent player uh, you know we we knew there was something about him from from the summer moving forward here loves football loves practicing um, he practices uh, you know, relentlessly every day, bright, uh, knows the defense, knows his role in the defense, uh, can run, can hit you. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that's going to be a good one for a long time here. We're really proud to have him, lucky to have him. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we've been looking for, at least I know we have in the booth, and I'm sure you guys have as well, would be for that defense to finally get a pick, to get an interception. It had been four games with no interceptions, and not only do you come up with two of them, but when I was imagining that, I figured it would be one of the defensive backs. We talked with Daniel Jones about that, that sort of thing, and then lo and behold, who gets the first interception but Maurice Jackson, and then D. Jones gets the second interception. Yeah, and then Dressler dropped one. Themester dropped one. Uh, you know, it, it could have been could have could have been a bunch more. So, uh, you know, Dressler's would have been big. It was in the red zone, and he just couldn't hang on to it. And then, and then uh, Brandon, you know, on a deep ball, played it and went up, and just couldn't bring it in. But uh, Mo read the read the play really well and uh, got a hand up and tipped it to himself and. Took it down to the six-yard line, and, and we needed that. We needed every yard he got on that because it was a tough six yards we got there. But he Bo, turned, ran, Bo ran the guy over on the Sure second. did. He yeah. trucked him. He trucked yeah. him really good to get into the end zone there. Maurice Jackson's performance made him the CAA Defensive Player of the Week. Six tackles, four for loss, three quarterback sacks, the force fumble, and the 27-yard return on the interception. And then the Spiders also had the special teams player of the week in kicker Jake Larson, which I was really happy to see because I was really worried that we were going to be a jinx for him, bringing him to the Spider Talk radio show and then not being able to perform up to his capabilities. And he certainly did that and getting uh, special teams player of the week honors. And, boy, Russ, he really drilled those field goals with the 50-yarder and the 48-yarder. Then he had a shorter one later in the game from 26. But what a weapon he could be when you know you can extend your field goal range like that. Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, we we, we kind of got a good feel for where he can kick it from. And, you know, and the whole time, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, gauging it to say, all right, if we get four more yards, you know, if we ever get into a – you know, third and 12, and, you know, we got the ball on the 38. You know, I, you know sometimes you just want to get three or four because you know he's going to bang it through. He's been a weapon. Uh, he's been really good. He's punted the ball. He, he had a couple poor punts this week, but uh, he's punted the ball well for us. And, uh, you know, the field position battle was incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, people don't even realize that, but – our our average field start was our own 48-yard line. Mm-hmm. We had the ball eight times from the 50 on in out of 13 possessions. You know, we had those guys backed up quite a bit. There were four inside the 20 they started at. So, I mean, our special team showed up really well. Our kick cover team, our kick return units did a great job. Obviously, our punt return, you know, we had that other big one. We got a block in the back on, uh, which – you know, it was useless. We didn't need that. We didn't even need that block to pop it there. And, and that ball's going to be down to the 11-yard line. We were forced to kick a field goal there. But, uh, 
Yeah, I thought special teams and defense showed up really well. Absolutely. All right, if you'd like to be a part of our conversation, we urge you to do so. You can text us, 638-9508, 638-9508. Uh, you can tweet at us, at Spider Voice, at Spider Football, or email us, Talk at richmond.edu. We'll get to some of those moving on. If you're here today and you've got questions, when we go to our commercial breaks, feel free to come on up and let us know what they are, and we will ask them and answer them on the air. I do have a gift certificate to Buzz and Ned's. If someone's got a question in the audience today uh, by you coming out today, we'll be glad to give you uh, your next meal here at Buzz and Ned's or pay for today's meal. If you'd like to do that, I guess you've probably already paid for your de- today's meal. Um, Am I eligible? I was just going to ask you a quick question people, right Well, God, ask the question. I'd be intrigued by what the I got to think is. of one. Yeah, yeah I see. You got to come eligible. up with a question. It's not as easy as it seems. I was going to say, people at the head table are ineligible uh. to win the prize, but we'll we'll take care of you, Coach. Um, all right, let's talk a little on the offensive side. Um, Twenty-three points, all of them in the first half. Russ, why that kind of success in the first half, and then nothing in the second half? Well, we really didn't have a whole lot of success in the first half either. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, so I, I wouldn't give them that much credit. We got the 61-yard touchdown pass, and then we got the ball on the six-yard line, and Bo right. carried it twice to get in there. Uh, other than that, I mean, it really wasn't. We we, we kicked – then we kicked the three right. field goals. Uh, so not not real pleased with where we were offensively by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, you know, fortunately we had a good field position. We could kick some field goals. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, we hit the 61-yarder, uh, which was a nice play. But, you know, other than that, it wasn't real effective. But we did enough to win. We didn't turn the ball over, right. which was huge. I mean, I think, you know, if we turn the ball over once or twice in that game, we may not win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I got asked this question by a couple people here in the audience, and I wasn't but two or three feet inside the door. How do we get our running game going? Do we have a, It's a simple question. Is it a complex answer? Well, you know, I, I think uh, Albany was really good up front, mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty hard for us to to get movement up front on them. They did a lot of slanting and angling and penetrating, and and gave got some negative yardage plays. So it it was a, it was tough sledding there. But we do have to get some. We have to get our backs to ball. We have to get our running game going, and that's that's probably going to be on the perimeter. And so we got to do a great job of perimeter blocking. That is something we have talked about, just the combination of that. From the offensive line, how much of a challenge is it for those guys, and then how do they have to work in conjunction with your wide outs and guys on the outside to, to get them into space a little bit with the football? Yeah, we've got to get them in space. And, uh, you know, and, and we had opportunities against Fordham. Um, I mean, plays that were, were going to be really, really good plays, and, and we just didn't execute blocks on the perimeter. And, and that really hurt us and, and set us back a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I think our wideouts are, are making a conscientious effort to block better. And uh, and we'll see how it goes. But we do have to get the perimeter run game going. Comes out a 23-20 victory for the Spiders. Uh, did you sense anything from the guys? I know you had talked a lot about, hey, we got to get our, our swagger back. we got to play with confidence. we got to play loose. Uh, how much do you feel getting a win like that against a quality CAA team will do what you're looking for moving forward now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think our guys, uh, sometimes when you're not winning, there is some doubt that can creep in. And uh, can we win? Are we good enough to win? And, um, you know, I, I, I kept trying to – we got good enough player fellows to win. Let's just – let's believe in each other, believe in the coaches. Coaches believe in the players. You know, believe in the schemes, believe in the, yourself, and and uh, you know to get that win was pretty good. And and I think we practiced with some confidence this week again. Uh, but they've been practicing good and hard and doing what we we're asking them to do. We just hopefully that win will continue to carry us forward and, and with some confidence moving forward. At the uh, weekly press conference yesterday, you were asked about this a little bit. Gershon Majoni, our, our fine defensive end, was asked about it as well. And his response said something that Mo Jackson said in the locker room before the game stuck with him and some of the other guys when he kind of challenged them and asked them, do you dislike losing more than you like winning? If you'll dislike losing more than you'll like winning, you'll be a competitor and we'll be fine. Do you kind of agree with that? philosophy that sports cliche if you will 100 uh, percent you know i just 
you know, I just know how I feel, you know, after a loss and how bad it hits me. And I know it hits the players uh, pretty badly. Um, and, and, you know, win. This, this win was pretty exciting. I was pretty excited about this one because we needed it so bad. But, you know, a lot of times you get a win and, and you're happy. But, you know, it's, it's you, you kind of move right on to the next game quickly and mm-hmm. you don't, you know, cherish the wins. They're hard to come by. And when a loss, you know, a loss can eat at you for, for a bunch of days moving forward. All right, let's take a break. We'll let you eat a little bit, speaking of eating and moving forward. And we'll bring our players on. We'll ask them the same question about that and what made them so successful, particularly defensively Saturday against Albany. So we brought two of our defensive standouts to the Spider Talk radio show today. Uh, Tristan Wheeler and Brandon Feemster will join us after we take a break. You're listening to Spider Talk with head coach Russ Huseman from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue, West Broad Street and Old Pam Road in Richmond's West End, and live on ESPN Richmond and the Spiders. Sports Network. You do so much to keep your loved ones safe. Car seats, check. Smoke alarms, check. Bike helmets, check. Preventing suicide. What are you doing? If prescription medications or firearms are in your home, lock them up and limit access. Suicide is preventable. Taking action could save a life. Suicide. Recognize it, talk about it, act on it. Learn more at recognizetalkact.org. A message from the Virginia Department of Health. Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue is the official barbecue of the University of Richmond Spiders. Come enjoy our real 100% wood-cooked barbecue while you cheer on the home team. Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue uses recipes handed down for over 150 years and is now available inside Robin Stadium. Can't make it to the game? Visit us on North Boulevard in The Fan or on Thursdays at noon at West Broad in Old Parham in the West End for the Spider Talk Radio Show with Coach Russ Huseman. For more information, visit us at buzzandneds.com. Buzz and Ned's and the Richmond Spiders, a winning combination. Lux Chevrolet has been the Chevy truck expert since 1916, and they've got something for everyone. There's economical SUVs like Trax and Equinox, people haulers like Traverse, Tahoe, and Suburban, and pickups like the midsize Colorado to the one-ton Silverado. Let Luck find the right fit for your job or lifestyle. Call them at 804-798-9261. Shop online at LuxChevrolet.com or stop by their convenient lot on U.S. Route 1 in Ashland and buy your next truck from Luck. Lux Chevrolet since 1916. Weekdays. You're never more than 30 minutes from a Richmond Sports Center update. Stay updated here. 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. The timeout's over. Now more Spider Talk with Richmond football coach Russ Huseman. Live from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue on 99.5 and 102.7 FM and 9.50 AM ESPN. Jeff Undercuffler, the 6'5", 230-pound redshirt freshman quarterback who leads the league in touchdown passes with 15, will try to throw on the first play from scrimmage and great pursuit by the Spider defense, which starts out with a clenched fist pumping from senior captain Maurice Jackson, who's in on the quarterback sack back at the 22-yard line. Big play by Tyler Dressler in there as well, holding up the back, trying to release out of the backfield, then coming up and being involved in that tackle. On second down and 13, Undercuffler looking to throw again, and here come the Spiders again. A crushing quarterback sack from the true freshman, Tristan Wheeler, coming off a career-high 13 tackles last week. He makes an impact with his first tackle today. 11 tackles for Tristan Wheeler, game-high performance on Saturday against Albany. The true freshman to my far right, Tristan Wheeler, one of our guests today. And then to my immediate left, Brandon Feemster, Spider defensive back. Joining us, we've talked some Spider defensive football today. And I'm going to, Tristan, start right there and get you going right away because we talked with Coach about that at the outset of uh, the program, about the first two plays really kind of setting the tone, the back-to-back quarterback sacks uh, that Mo and Tyler got on play one and you got on play two. Uh, how were you guys? guys feeling about maybe setting the tone for the game with those first two plays yeah those uh those two plays definitely set the tone for the game uh we feel confident getting the defense on the field first because we feel like that we do bring the energy to the team as we uh start off the game so we like when uh when we can get get on defense first and make some big plays like we did and it definitely uh brought some energy and juice to to the team and helped a lot what were you seeing? What were you hoping to see when you knew you were coming on that second play? Take us, take us through it from your eyes. Yeah, we were talking about it on the way in, actually, and it was so wide open that 
I actually thought I was doing something wrong, and I second-guessed myself, but my eyes uh, lit up, and I just did what I was taught to do. So, Is that something that maybe you hear from a true freshman, Russ, is that it was going so well that I actually thought I was doing something wrong? <laughs> well, actually, Mo made the mistake. Uh, you know, Mo was supposed to come under, and he was supposed to come off the edge, and I think that as, as soon as he saw the hole open up and Mo not come under, because they took the back and they started to go, so Daniel or, or I, I can't, uh, the, the outside guy was peeling on him, and then uh, you know, when Mo didn't come under, Tristan just took off in, in the hole there. And so Mo got a uh, missed assignment on that one, and, and he got the sack. And he still got Defensive Player of the Week honors. Yeah. He wasn't quite perfect, but he was, he was pretty close to it. Um, Tristan, how about the start of the season for you? I mean, as a true freshman, playing as much as you are now, making the type of impact you're making, what's kind of been – what are the, the thoughts that have been kind of running through your mind through the first half of your first collegiate season? Yeah, I'm definitely blessed to be in the position I'm in, and it was something I've uh, worked for. It was one of my goals coming into the season. I knew I wanted to play and even start as a freshman if I could, if that's what uh, was thrown at me. But I'm taking on all the challenges that are thrown my way, and I'm just trying to do them the best I can. But, yeah, I'm real blessed to be in this position. On the other hand, Brandon Feimster is a freshman at Richmond, I guess, but certainly not a, a youngster to college football, having uh, played his undergraduate career at Duke and playing it very well there. What's the feel been like for you playing at a new school and you know, a little bit less than halfway through, through the season? Uh, I feel like it took us a little bit. There you go. I feel like it took us a, a little bit of time to build that chemistry, especially between uh, Daniel Jones and I, especially you know being into the boundary. But um, it's been great, the transition coming here and just getting integrated with the team, the players, the coaches, everything's just been absolutely fantastic. What do you try to lend to some of these guys because you are experienced, because you have been playing, either from a strategic standpoint, which you certainly can do, or just from a how-to-approach-college-football standpoint? Uh, I just tell, try to tell guys to take, you know, every play just one play at a time, uh, just to relax and just really try to read their keys and just – just take a break right before every play. Just go through that mental checklist and really understand the you know the assignments that they have to execute you know on that play. And just also understanding that, especially playing defense, every now and then you know the teams they're going to score. So we can't let one play dictate how bad you know or how we play the entire game. So I think those are the two main things this season so far. Well, that said, how good do you guys feel about the defensive performance Saturday? I know it started up front, but it took, you know, play by linebackers like Tristan and plays like you guys in the secondary as well to have a combined defensive performance like that one. It was great. I, I, honestly, it was fantastic just to see everybody out there playing so free. You know, you saw the linebackers playing loose. You know, even though Tristan said, you know, in the play where he had his sack, he hesitated. You watch on film every other play, this man's gone, you know, downhill 100 miles an hour. And that's for the rest of our linebackers. The D-line played absolutely amazing. And, you know, the secondary, you know, we kept everything in check for the most part. So just seeing our team play free and play loose for the first time this season, was, it was just great. So what's it doing for you this week now? Are you sensing the same thing in practice? And, and what will you hope to go out there with on Saturday at Maine? Well, our, our whole thing this week has just to been last week was great, but it was also last week. You know, we have to focus on going one and no each and every week and just making sure that we can do everything we can from a preparation standpoint to potentially, you know, to win this game. The, the model's just been win the game today, you know, in practice. Win the game today with your footwork, with your assignments, with your leverage, everything. Tristan, how about your thoughts on that and how you feel this week and how much more the confidence might be building for you individually, certainly, but also for the defense as a whole coming off of that performance? Well, we definitely used last game to get our confidence up, and it definitely helped us, uh, like our mental, uh, our mentality of our defense get right because uh, we definitely know we can do it when we do like the little, the little details that we always uh, harp on. But uh, like Brandon said, uh, that was last week, and now we have to focus on this week. So we're just doing everything we can to, to make the same outcome that, that happened last week. Tell our audience and our folks here what the linebacker room is like for the Richmond Spiders. And unfortunately, it's, it's a shrinking linebacker room because yeah. we've had some injuries there. There's only a few of you uh, right now to, to make things happen defensively. What's it like? Yeah, so we started at, I want to say, nine linebackers, I think, and we're down to three or four now. <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been a hard road, but we're all, uh, we're all coming together and fighting through it together. Uh, 
like I was telling you last week, we have our uh, motto, BAM, meaning be a man. So I think that's kind of what we try to harp and uh, like base our play off of, our, all our actions off of, you know, just be a man and overcome anything that gets thrown at you. And, yeah, take it head on. The guys that uh, aren't playing right now, how do you try and kind of keep them up and keep them going? And are they trying to help as well with things that they might see even though they're not playing? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Phil, uh, he is uh, – <laughs> He's been hurt since the scrimmage in the beginning of the season, but he's one of the guys that helped me the most. We watch film almost every day on our up, uh, up-and-coming opponent, so he's definitely one of those guys that you know, keeps us on track even though he is out, and he's doing the most that he can. So, Russ, how significant, how important is that? I mean, they can hear what they hear every day from their coaches, but to have that voice amongst themselves, amongst, I guess, their peers, uh, how significant is that? How helpful can that be? Well, it's huge, and... Um you, know, you just see it across the board. It's not only at linebacker, but all these guys are, are are doing things together to make themselves better. Whether it's coming in together and watching film, or or doing you know maybe uh, two guys together at one point. Like last night, I saw the whole defensive line. They came in on their own together. I think uh, the wideouts were in there last night. Uh, I can't. I'm not sure when if the DBs were in there or not, but. You know, these guys, it, it's important to them, and, and it's important that the older guys, you know, but, I, you know, Tristan, you know, he, he's been a film watcher from the summer before he got here. He, you know, he led. Didn't you lead a team in the most film watched yeah. in the summertime as a freshman in Pennsylvania because <laughs> we put it on the server for him, and, and like, he was, he, was leading, he was leading the whole team and, and how much film he was watching. So, and that gave us a great indicator that he would come in and, and, and try to be the best he could be and, and learn. And, and, and it's as a freshman, you learn every day. I mean, I'm sure he learned something new yesterday and learned something new all the time. And, and the older guys helping him out has been really good. You know what they both learned today? They both learned not to eat before they come to Buzz and Ned's, and both yeah. of them ate before they came to Buzz and Ned's. So we might have to get their food to go today. Cause they, see, they learned something today. Yeah. That's probably not what you were talking about. But they both mentioned it during the break. Oh, I'm not all that hungry, but I ordered something anyway. Because I ate just before I came here. <laughs> so, you didn't. You obviously are ready to eat. I'm a three-year vet here, yeah, so yes, you I are. know what's going on. Tristan, where did the film watching come from? I mean, was that ingrained in you in high school? Was it somewhere down the road? What was it that, that has kind of you know, led you to that, to know how important it is and to embrace it the way coaches described that it has? Yeah, honestly, I wasn't a big film guy. I didn't like watching film at all. Because I thought it was like I learned by you know playing and doing like the physical things and seeing with my eyes like on the field. So I wasn't really a big film guy until probably my junior or senior year when uh, my coaches said you need to take it to the next level and that next level will be watching film. Uh, also, when Coach Wood, the linebacker coach, was recruiting me, he sent me a video on a uh, Luke Keekley and all the other uh, opponents that played against Luke Keekley were were saying he knows the plays before we even run them. And that really kind of stuck with me because that's why he's like at the next level where I want to get to. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to, I based my, my uh, you know, way of getting to that next level off of him. And that was by watching film. So, Brandon, how about for you? You've been doing this a little bit longer than Tristan has. Is, is the film session still something that you embrace or is it a little bit more tedious, but something that, you know, has to be done in order for you to be successful on Saturdays? No, film is just as important as practicing, honestly. I feel like watching film, it gives you an idea of, you know, how an offense runs, how they flow, <clears throat> how the offensive coordinator thinks in certain, you know, situations, certain, you know, down and distances. And also just, you know, getting a, a, a read based off of formations, you know, leverages, splits and everything. So I try to tell, you know, all the younger DBs and just all the defense in general, just play the game in your head when you watch film. Think every play. If it was this call, what would I be doing in this situation? And just do that every play. And then you find yourself just playing loose and free like we were last week. So how much more significant is that this week? And talk a little bit about the challenge. Uh, you don't know this as well because you haven't been here, but Maine traditionally has been more a smash mouth, grounded out, uh, grinded out kind of team. And now they've opened it up. I mean, they're averaging over 330 yards passing the ball. So you would think you guys are going to be very active back there in the secondary Saturday. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we love to be active. You never <laughs> just want to be sitting back there and just watching, you know, a football game occur in front of your eyes. That's how it was basically week one against Jacksonville, yeah. and it was terrible just watching <laughs> run, 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 no pass. And 
So, I mean, we, we're embracing the challenge. Obviously, they're a good team. They have a good passing uh, offense and some good athletes out there. But we're just looking forward to the opportunity to get better as a team and to, you know, play the defense that we're capable of playing. What's that defensive back room like right now? Tristan talked a little bit about the linebackers. How about from the defensive backs? Uh, so right now we just we have two meeting rooms, so it's the corners and the safeties. Uh-huh. But uh, the corner room, uh, all the younger guys, you know, Noah, Marcus, Roland, they're just so eager to learn and they're learning so much about the game. Just you can tell by watching film and just analyzing, you know, their assignments along with the, you know, the formations and the coverages and everything. So just seeing them come a long way, it's, it's exciting and it's great. Tristan, uh, how about a quick strategy chat for us about Saturday against Maine, uh, knowing that it's a team that does love to throw the football, but you've got some responsibilities, uh, whether the quarterback's dropping back to throw or whether he's handing it off. Uh, how challenging will this be against uh, this Maine team up there Saturday? Yeah, they're definitely a big passing team, and us linebackers, we like to play you know, play downhill, get our noses in, in the line, and uh, stop the run game. So as a linebacking group, we have to you know, change up our strategy a little bit putting us uh, some coverages that will allow us to get in the, the bend windows, you know, help out the, the D-backs and the safeties with their responsibilities. So, you know, just a little tweak here and there just to, to help out with what Maine, uh, Maine's bread and butter is. This is a little bit different, Russ, for Maine, isn't it? I mean, their bread and butter has changed offensively from where they used to be to throwing the ball as much as they are now. Yeah, I mean, obviously they, they kind of uh, tailor their offense around their personnel and – They've got some wideouts who are really, really good, talented. I think their quarterback's extremely talented. Um, you know, they got a couple good backs that are that are good players too. But you know, I think they just kind of evolved and and uh, and, and are throwing it and getting it downfield and you know taking shots and getting one-on-one shots. And um, but we're going to have to defend the run game. I mean, you know, they they tried to run it against us last year. I, I think we did, we played to run really well, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, they, they want to run the ball. If they can run the ball, they're going to run it. And um, But obviously I think they're throwing the ball really well. Sure are. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more with uh, Tristan and Brandon, how they wound up to be Richmond Spiders, which we are certainly happy that they are here. We'll talk about that and more in the second half hour of Spider Talk live from Buzz and Ned's. Real Barbecue with head coach Russ Huseman, our special player guests, Brandon Feemster and Tristan Wheeler. Back in a moment, 99.5-1027 FM, 9.50 AM, ESPN Richmond. You're in tune with the Spider Sports Network. Make a big play with huge savings from Food Lion this tailgate season. Score fan favorites for your pregame party like chips and dip, fresh cut fruits and veggies, ice cold drinks, and savory snacks. Plus, you'll find all your grilling essentials so you can cheer on your favorite team all at affordable prices. Our low prices make it easy to put together a game-winning spread for tailgating with friends and family. Food Lion has everything you need to kick off your pre-game party. This is our home. That's our Food Lion. At the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, our students are driven by change. They arrive with a variety of professional and educational experiences, the determination to do more, and an unbelievable ambition to succeed. Through undergraduate and graduate degree programs, professional certificates, boot camps, and professional training and development programs, our students gain the tools and knowledge to better themselves and the organizations they serve. Learn more about how we help adult students drive change at spcs.richmond.edu. This NASCAR update is brought to you by Virginia Urology Online at URO.com. Kyle Larson won at Dover Sunday afternoon. It's his first win in 75 races. That dates back to September the 9th, 2017, when he was victorious here in Richmond. He beat out Martin Truex Jr., Alex Bowman, and Kevin Harvick. Denny Hamlin finished in the fifth position. Larson now has a 32-point lead over Truex in the standing as the circuit now travels to the high banks of Talladega for action on Sunday afternoon. This NASCAR update is brought to you by Virginia Urology. Guys, don't trust your well-being and sexual performance to just anyone. We recommend you visit the experts at Virginia Urology Men's Wellness Center. Virginia Urology's board-certified urologists specialize in men's sexual health, including erectile dysfunction and low testosterone. They'll determine if low testosterone really is your issue and offer you plenty of treatment options. And don't worry, many are covered by insurance. Go ahead, give Virginia Urology Men's Wellness Center a call at 330-9105 or visit URO.com. That's URO.com to make an appointment today. Hey, this is Tugach. Join me weekdays, 10 to 1, on the Dan Levitard Show, now on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. 
The lunch hour is going fast, and so is the Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. But there's still time for more Spider Talk with Richmond football coach Russ Huseman. Live on 99.5 and 102.7 FM and 9.50 AM ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. Under Cuffler, a double pump and throws for McDonald and Feimster. Knocks it down, almost had his first Richmond Spider interception. Brandon Feimster played that one perfectly. Absolutely. Looked like he did last year in the bowl game for Duke when he had that interception against Temple. I just happened to be watching him at this play because I had a feeling they would go back at him and try him again. You can't play it much better than this. He's with him all the way. Gets his head around at the time you're supposed to get your head around. Get your head around too soon, you don't have a chance. You get around too late, you're going to get beat or get the penalty. Turns it around right in time. Oh, man, he's going to dream about that one. All right, so those of you in the restaurant could see the look on our buddy Brandon Feimster's face as he was listening to the description of that play-by-play call. Uh, fortunately, my broadcast partner's an old defensive back, so he, he was protecting you a little bit, and he described it perfectly and how well you played that one. Uh, Brandon, take us through that all the way to the bitter end when you didn't quite pick it off, but a well-played uh, ball. Yeah, it's just one of the one of the things that happens, you know, when you play the defensive back position. Uh, everything can go great, but it's all about the finish. So that could have gone from a good play to a great play. But, uh, yeah, I was just in press coverage, and uh, I got a stutter route. And after the stutter, you know he's trying to go deep. So I just started looking for the ball immediately. And I went up, and it hit me square in my hands. And then I dropped it. <laughs> Were you dreaming about it? Uh, no, I try to get over it really quick. Good. <laughs> uh, until we watched it in film the next day, and I thought about it for a couple more days. But I'm over it. Uh, but all kidding aside, and I, I'll get Coach Usman's uh, comments on this as well, the way Chris described it, um, particularly the way you knew exactly when to turn the head, and I thought his description was great. If you turn it too early, this is going to happen. If you turn it too late, this is going to happen. Uh, what's the technique there? What are the fundamentals there to be able to do it the way you did on Saturday? Uh. It's kind of close to playing like outfielder as a as a baseball player. Honestly, just learning when to track the ball and when to look up for the ball, and just knowing when you're in a good position to turn around and look for the ball. Because if you're beat, you, you can't look for the ball. I mean, you just got to get to the man. Mm-hmm. But if you're even, you got to know. Okay, I can look up, but you have to look up. You can't look back and down. You got to realize he's not throwing the ball to you, so <laughs> you have to look up and you just gotta make a play when you can. All right, Russ, how do you kind of divide? I mean, obviously we all wanted him to catch the ball. Nobody more than you that would have wanted him to catch the ball. But to make sure that he and the other defensive backs understand that fundamentally he did exactly the way it was coached to be done. Well, the first thing is we we actually practice deep balls every day with the corners. Um, I told Coach West, I said, every day we're going to throw it deep. They're going to go up strong. They're going to catch the ball. (laughs) And uh, so, I mean, we've – now, the position he was in is probably, and I saw Coach West maybe working on that a little bit, but he got around, got his head around perfectly. Um, and, uh, you know, in that position he was in is, is the exact position we put these guys in the first five minutes of individual every day and, and throw it up and, and uh, you know, and, and I'm t- he looks good going up in practice. Um, and he'll get, he'll get next one. He'll get no question. I mean, next one will be we'll, we'll get no absolutely. Question. Well, give us a fonder memory before we move on. I alluded in the play-by-play clip, and we've talked about this before. Having come from Duke, having the opportunity to play in a bowl game last year and get an interception. I think I was statistically reading that there aren't too many Duke players who've had interceptions in bowl games, maybe fifteen or so at all time. And you're now on that list. Uh, tell us about the interception in the bowl game and just the experience of finishing your Duke career uh, in that Independence Bowl game against Temple? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just knew going into that game it was going to be my last one. And obviously you want to try to get an interception every game, but I was like, I have to. I have to do it. I have to get an interception this game. So um, I just got a good read on the play, similar to, you know, in the Albany game, and just went up strong, caught that one, and I was just really excited. <laughs> it was a great play. And, and, well, you should be. This will be your last game for the Spiders against Maine on Saturday. So use that as a goal that you got to get an interception because it's the last time you're going to play at Maine. So if it worked in last time I'm going to play for Duke, it could work this week and then every week thereafter. 
as well. All right, I want to come back to you and find out making the transition and, and, and why Richmond and that sort of thing. But let me start with the freshmen on that front. We certainly like to do this as we bring new guys up here and just the path um, that got them to Richmond. Coach has already talked about it a lot, Tristan, about um, how the Spiders uh, eyed you and, and wanted you. Um, take us through your recruiting process and what ultimately made your decision to become a Richmond Spider. Yeah, well, that was a, it was a long, hard process, uh, definitely hard process, choosing between a bunch of different schools that had a lot to offer in one place than another place. So it was, it was definitely hard. Uh, it took a lot of discussion between my family and I, but, I mean, every time I came to Richmond, uh, it seemed to grow on me a little bit more, a little bit more every time. It's probably one of the, the places that made me and my family feel welcome the most. And that, that meant a lot to my family and I. And, uh, I mean, great football, great education, so you can't really beat, beat all those things combined. How much did you know about the Spiders before the whole process began, if, if at all? Yeah, I knew about the Spiders for sure. Um, I followed all the CAA and Patriot League and all those schools, so I already had a, a good idea about them. And uh, it was funny because the, the first time I came, the Spider thing was kind of like, uh, Spider as a mascot, <laughs> like kind of like wigged me out. Uh, I wasn't a big fan, and uh, it definitely grew on me, and now I, you know, I wear it with pride. So, Russ, was there a certain point that you really tried, you and your coaches, to drill home uh, to Tristan to make him make that decision to become a Richmond Spider? Well, I, I think, first off, Coach Wood did a great job recruiting you. I mean, I, I think he, he built a relationship. Uh, you know, I actually – his family's tremendous. I mean, they, they got the uh, – the RV, RV down, yeah. RV down, and their dog every time <laughs> for everything, and it was pretty cool to get to know his family. And and even when we made the home visit, uh, I was so impressed with with Tristan and his family. Uh, but I, at that time, he had already committed to us when we made the home visit. But um, you know, that just kind of reemphasized how important he was. I know it was a struggle because Coach Wood kept me up to date all the time, and and probably would it come down to us and Army? Yeah. And it was a really a big struggle. And I think even after he committed, Army came in. And did they come in and try mm-hmm. to give you another push? And, yeah. Uh, but after that, I was like, no, I committed and I'm going to keep true yeah. to my word. So, I mean, it came yeah. down. But he, a lot of people recruited him. And uh, and ultimately, Army's a great place. Mm-hmm. And Coach Wood did a great job. And we're, we're thrilled to have him. I mean, he's, that, a, he's a ball player. That, that's interesting, Tristan. On a couple of the levels that it came down to uh, Army and Richmond, they're FBS uh, and we're FCS. And then – how committed would you have been to, to the military life? Can, can you kind of speak to both of those a little bit? You know, playing FCS instead of FBS, and if you had gone the Army route, obviously there was a lot more than football involved in that decision. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to, you know, play at the highest level they can play at, and, I mean, it looks good, you know, saying I play at an FBS school, play big teams like Oklahoma, Ohio State, whatever it may be, but uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's after football, and, I mean, there was more to West Point than – just football and schooling you had to go through all the cadet stuff and I mean that was a big a big side of it uh so it was definitely weighing those two out it was I was going back and forth like every day it was it was a hard process but yeah at the end of the day it um this just felt right for me and I prayed every night you know to see what uh what would be the right fit for me and that's this is what it came down to and I'm happy with my decision uh, you come from a good high school program. I'm sure there are guys following in your footsteps who are going through that recruiting process at your high school now. Are you giving them any advice, or what advice would you be giving them? You have alluded a couple times to how hard the process was for you. What would you kind of tell those guys that, that you know you played with in high school to try and help them through this process now? Yeah, so I had, I had a, got, a lot of guys above me that went to, to big schools that really helped me with the process. So I felt that that I was grateful for, for their insight on the recruiting process so that I would give back to my uh, my teammates that are going through the same thing as me since it is a long and hard process. So, yeah, I try to give back as much as I can. Text my, my friends a lot that are getting recruited. So, yeah, I definitely try to give back. Absolutely. On the other hand, a different kind of recruiting for you, Brandon, finishing up um, at Duke and being a grad transfer, how different was that from what you went through when you were a high school kid, uh, going through it as an undergraduate, now coming to Richmond, and, and what prompted you to come to the Spiders? Um, <clears throat> yeah, my family and I just thought it would be good to come to a school that was one closer to home because my brother is, is out of college. He's in college right now, so make both of our games easier for my parents. But also just finding a place where, you know, 
there was real love and uh, there was a real support system and just you know people who cared you know whether it was the coaches or the players or you know the other the other a- athletes or the training staff you know it's everyone like it's really like a family like environment and that just stuck out to me was it was it an entirely different process than when you were in high school and how you went about knowing that you were going to come somewhere as a grad student and play for for one year uh it was definitely less stressful i say in high school it's like oh i mean like everyone's committing you see every you're on twitter and everyone's tweets pop up and it's like oh he committed here he committed here it's like oh i gotta do it i gotta do it i gotta i gotta do it but you know when you get to this age and you know the process really slows down i feel like it was just it was easy and it was easy to go through i came on official and everyone's like oh you want to go out i'm like look i'm gonna be real i got homework i'm gonna stay (laughs) in the hotel and do my homework and we can meet up tomorrow but i'm in for the night so it's just it's different when when you're older yep are there are there similarities differences duke and richmond are there things that you compare the two either football programs i know a lot of people like like to say academically they're they're both really top-notch academic institutions oh yeah academically but other than that i mean both the campuses are beautiful Mm -hmm. and just the size of the school uh i feel like richmond's a relatively small school and it's really the same thing at duke even though there's I think 6,000 undergrad, it's still, you know, a relatively small school in comparison to, you know, your North Carolina, NC State, you know, Virginia, Virginia Tech. So. All right, one more thing for you. I, uh, we talked about the interception against Temple. How much bigger was that? Because you have family members who played for Temple, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so my dad played <laughs> uh, tight end for Temple, and then my uncle played corner and receiver and running back for Temple. So my dad had his, uh, his Duke shirt on with my name on the back and my number, but under it, he had his temple shirt on. So he was just going to walk out with whoever won just wearing that shirt. So he was ready regardless of what happened. Yeah, but Duke but, won and you had an interception. What was the Thanksgiving dinner table like for that discussion? Um, he, he reps the team, but he he, he's still my, you know, my number one fan, yeah. besides my mother, of course. So he was, he's a Duke fan first and then whoever after that. So. All right. Very cool moment, though. Absolutely. How much different is this recruiting process, Russ, this day and age where you're going after these grad transfer guys? Because obviously you did it a lot this past year, and it's been, it's been pretty darn successful. Well, I, I can remember um, with Brandon, we found out about him, and, and Brandon probably doesn't. The first time we met him was at, uh, on campus at Duke, and we were coach west and i were there and we were trying to find him and he was saying well out we're over here where are you guys we're just trying to figure it out and then he came up and we saw him and uh um and we were, we were excited to recruit him but i think at that point in time brandon's going richmond well i, I don't even know he kind of had a he kind of had like a, i'll i'll let you all know you know type <laughs> of and, and and again i mean it it, it was pretty fast we, we got after him pretty quickly because uh we knew we uh we wanted him to come to school and you know we did our homework and and everything everything that was that the coaches we talked to coaches at Duke and everywhere else, and nothing but tremendous things to say about him, not only as a player but as a person. And, uh, you know, those are the kind of guys you like. I mean, that, those are, that's who you want. If you're going to take a transfer, uh, you better like them. And I think right off the bat, you know, we, we liked Brandon a lot as, as a kid, and 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 we we talked to him. We didn't spend a whole lot of time with you on that on that trip, but uh, and the other thing I remember is you could never get in touch with him because uh, I, I I'm not even sure sure about his phone situation back then. But uh, what what was the deal on that? You, you got to call this number, and that number will get to me, and then I'll get back to you. Do you remember all that? I I can't remember what it was, but. It was impossible. I said, you talked to Brand lately, Rod? Uh, no, I got to call in over here to, to get to him. So <laughs> he was a little incognito back in the day. Yeah. What was that all about? Uh, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to ghost Richmond or anything. I was. Really I know you were. Yeah. I was really <laughs> trying to contact you guys, but uh, I think maybe like a week before this whole process started, uh, I had one of the situations where I was just getting out of my car, I was wearing sweatpants, iPhone, no screen protector, just Ooh. on the ground. So I was actually using the hot hotspot on my phone and then using my iPad as like a makeshift phone that you can't make calls on. So it's just like text and Twitter. <laughs> so whenever I had service or connection, I was able to text them, but that was like three times a day. So 
you get a text from Coach West, and it's like, oh, but this was three hours ago. It's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Do I even respond? Like, I feel bad. But Wow, great perseverance by our coaches on oh, that yeah. one to get yeah. you. Well, yeah, we weren't giving up. Yeah, we, you we were getting you, after you it. Did. <laughs> and it's paid dividends. Brandon, thank you so much for being with us. Tristan, thank you as well. Uh, we'll see you on the plane, and uh, let's go get them Saturday in Maine. Thanks, fellas. Absolutely. Tristan Wheeler, Brandon Feimster, our special player guest. We'll take a break, come back with our final segment of Spider Talk from Buzz and Ned's coming up after this break. 99.5-1027 FM, 9.50 AM ESPN Richmond. This is the Spider Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue is the official barbecue of the University of Richmond Spiders. Come enjoy our real 100% wood-cooked barbecue while you cheer on the home team. Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue uses recipes handed down for over 150 years and is now available inside Robin Stadium. Can't make it to the game? Visit us on North Boulevard in The Fan or on Thursdays at noon at West Broad in Old Parham in the West End for the Spider Talk Radio Show with Coach Russ Huseman. For more information, visit us at buzzandneds.com. Buzz and Ned's and the Richmond Spiders, a winning combination. It's almost Halloween. Goblins and their parents will soon be at your door. To make your house the best stop on the block, start at the Home Depot for a selection so good, it's scary. Like animated skeletons, cackling witches, pirates, and more. You can see them now at a store near you. Or if you can't scare up the time, get free delivery on Halloween decor. This year, Halloween lives at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid on online eligible products only. Restrictions apply while supplies last U.S. only. You have to be up in five hours. Two hours. Six minutes, and you haven't slept a wink. Zequil Pure Z's is a drug free blend of botanicals with an optimal dose of melatonin, so you can fall asleep naturally and wake with no next day grogginess. So tonight, try new Zequil Pure Z's from the sleep experts at Vix Zequil. Right now, the Home Depot makes replacing your old carpet easy. With more styles and colors to choose from, there's no better time to buy. With free installation on any carpet purchase of $499 or more. All by licensed local pros. Backed for life. Today is the day for doing and saving with free carpet installation. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. For a limited time, $499 minimum purchase required. Typically $699. For license information, visit homedepot.com slash license numbers. Valid through November 6, 2019. And now pronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. Time to start the bird seed. Watch out for the seagulls. Oh, my head. Are you okay? United Healthcare helps connect you to care whenever you need it. Like video chatting with a doctor right from your phone. So I don't need stitches? No, nope. just put some antibiotic cream on it. Great. Thank you, doctor. United Healthcare. Health plan benefits may vary. At the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, our students are driven by change. They arrive with a variety of professional and educational experiences, the determination to do more, and an unbelievable ambition to succeed. Through undergraduate and graduate degree programs, professional certificates, boot camps, and professional training and development programs, our students gain the tools and knowledge to better themselves and the organizations they serve. Learn more about how we help adult students drive change at S. PCS.richmond.edu. Hey, Richmond, it's Mike Goldberg. Listen to Trey Wingo and me every weekday morning at 6, now on your your FM FM dial dial. at 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. This is Spider Talk on ESPN Richmond and the Spider Sports Network. Live from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue, 8205 West Broad Street. Once again, here's Bob Black with Coach Russ Huseman. All right, we got a little more than uh, five minutes or so just about to uh, wrap things up. Do have a couple of questions from the audience here at Buzz and Ned's. There's still time if you would like to uh, fire a question at us. Best way to do it probably is text us to it at 638-9508 or email it to us at spidertalk at richmond.edu. My morning uh, partner, Andrew Wallace, shout out to him. He's producing here at the restaurant today. Mitchell's taking a couple of days of R&R. And uh, Blake Ellett from our Spider TV staff helping with the video here at Buzz and Ned's as well. So it took two people to replace Mitchell today. He'll be back with us next week. And, of course, Matt Josephs in the studio as always. Let me get to a couple questions for you, Coach Huseman. I'm going to paraphrase this one a little bit, but the data and the facts are accurate. Saturday's game. 203 total yards in penalties. The refs had the biggest yard stat 
in the game. What's going on with all the penalties? I know you're most concerned about your team, but in this case, that was kind of an indictment on both teams because the numbers were high for Albany and for Richmond Saturday. Yeah, I think Albany had 16. We had uh, 10, and I think they may have uh, way, uh, declined one. We may have declined one. Mm-hmm. So there was probably 28 penalties called in that game, uh, which is a lot, obviously. Um, you know, it, 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 when we disagree with the call, we send it in, and uh, the, the head of the officials responds to us, and – whether it's right or wrong or or whatever, but uh, you know it, the, the old expression you can probably call holding on every play mm-hmm. is is true. I mean, both sides of the ball. I guarantee the the play does not turn over, and somebody's not holding. It's just whether they get caught <laughs> or whether at the point of attack. And uh, you know, in pass interference is you know pretty you know pretty close. I mean. I know Albany had quite a few of uh, false starts, mm-hmm. and uh, they did have an Ill- illegal formation, um, you know. And so, I, you know, the, I, I know he put down there, when are you going to be able to criticize officiating? <laughs> and uh, I, never. I mean, you just you just won't. Mm-hmm. You can't. And and they're human, and, and everybody makes mistakes. We make mistakes. and and uh, But – they're doing the best they can, and, and but 28 penalties is too many. I really was intrigued, though, by your answer um, to Sean Robertson's question on our postgame television interview. The very last penalty, maybe the most significant one of the game, that came on the punt when they jumped offside, you made the comment, that's something we practice. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about how that all came about without giving away any secrets, but that wasn't necessarily by luck of a defensive guy jumping off sides. Uh, there was some intent there on, on your special teams part. Yeah, I mean we do we actually practice that every every practice. I mean anytime we do punt, that's really one of the first things we do. Um, and uh, uh, you know, give Rod West he, he had brought it up. Um, Bobby Maffei, my special teams coordinator. Um, you know because you know we we drew off. Uh, uh, Stony Brook last year uh, on a punt and got a first down and uh, you know I was just because we had called a timeout I tried to save a couple timeouts because I knew I knew I'd have to gather my team together at some point in time to take as much time off the clock so you know when they kicked the onside kick we knew they had no timeouts left and uh, if we get it we but we couldn't burn the whole clock so we were trying to figure out ways to burn the clock and then and then when to use a timeout um you know, somebody had said on the headset, you know, use a timeout before the onside kick. And when they lined up in the onside kick, they were in ex- exactly what we had practiced. So I didn't need to use one there uh, at that point in time. So I sa- we saved the two. And then uh, I-, I remember uh, Mo coming up to me, and we had him on the sideline. And Mo comes up, hey, Coach, uh, should I use a lot of the clock on this? I said, no, I'm, I'm going to use a timeout here at one second. So we got them all together. <clears throat> And uh, we told him Frosty, and I, I, I think I looked at every one of them and just said, "Do not, please, don't do move. not yeah. jump, do yeah. not jump, do not jump," and uh, and we didn't, and they did. Uh, so that great. Yep. All right, one more question before we go: What can you do to get the ball in the running back's hands in the flat more often? I guess meaning some swing pass opportunities for our running backs to get it in their hands and. Kind of pseudo running plays, I guess those would be called. Well, they are, all, you know, all of them. Um, and 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 again, all the all the screens that we throw out there, the you know, as they leave the backfield and just flare it out there. But again, we got to block because you can throw it out there, but they're coming downhill pretty quickly. And uh, so, I mean, you got to get a hat on a hat and let them go from there. But uh, yeah, that's that's part of our plan every week is to get the ball to them either in the flat, whether coming out of the backfield or, or in the flat behind the line of scrimmage. All right, final thought on what it's going to take to make it back-to-back wins this week going up to Maine for, for a noon start Saturday afternoon up there. Well, I, I think we can't turn the ball over. Um, you know, we've won the big play battle every week. We've had way more big plays than the other teams, and, and uh, we didn't win it this week. 
but we finally won the turnover battle. So that'll tell you it makes a big difference. And so we need to hang on to the football. we got to establish some sort of running game and then play great defense again um, and, and, and try to create negative yardage plays. So, um, you know, it'll be a challenge, especially at Maine. Uh, they, they play well at home. They always have. And, uh, but we're, we're excited. Our kids are ready to play. Let's go get them. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Bob. We will see you back here next week. See you on the plane to Maine tomorrow, and we'll be on the air Saturday. The game's at noon. Our coverage starts at 1130. Thanks again to Andrew and Blake here at the restaurant, and Matt Joseph's producing for our special player guests, Tristan Wheeler, Brandon Feimster, and Coach Usman. I'm Bob Black. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Be sure to take care of our friendly server, Jamie, back there. We'll see you back here next Thursday. Talk to you on Saturday with more Spider Football. Live from Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue, 8205 West Broad Street. Today's show has been brought to you by the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, Lux Chevrolet, Food Lion, and Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Join us for lunch and Spider Talk Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. throughout the college football season. This has been a live presentation from Learfield IMG College in association with Richmond Sports Properties and ESPN Richmond on the Spider Sports Network. WXGI Richmond. WXGI.